0: It's your locked on flyers podcast for monday january 23rd your daily dose of flyers news analysis and high quality content that says you win some you lose some right i think there's more to it than that but okay yes we will get into all of that all on today's show
1: you're locked on flyers your daily podcast on the philadelphia flyers Part of the Locked On
0: Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there and happy Monday. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at our Miriam. I'm here as always with... The brilliant Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up with our new episodes and flyers news. You can email the show at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail. We've got a mailbag coming on Wednesday, so get those questions in. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Uh, We are going to recap the back-to-back against the Red Wings and the Jets, plus we've got our nemesis of the week locked on flyers is free and available on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen to podcasts so subscribe you'll get all of our episodes here on the locked on podcast network plus we're over on youtube so subscribe there as well Uh, when last we left you uh, listeners slash viewers uh, we had a question remaining as to whether or not they would send sam urson down to the phantoms Uh, and what to do with Felix Sandstrom coming back from his uh, conditioning stint down there. And uh, they did pretty much what we thought they would do, which was the easy decision, uh, sending Sam Erson down and activating Felix Sandstrom. Uh, I think we thought that's what would happen, but maybe what we guessed wrong on is which game Sandstrom might play in. He wound up playing versus Winnipeg. and. Uh, we had Carter Hart versus Detroit. What do you think of that decision?
1: Yeah, it was a little odd. I mean, at this point, I, I don't know if it mattered a lot. So I I wasn't really taken aback either way. But what I am taking aback on is this situation's not going away. Like it's the next time they have to call him up, they're going to have to send him down again or send Urson down again. And I get it. Maybe it'll be later in the season, but this is, uh, not a great situation unless they plan on losing him at some point. So that's, that's the part. And look, there's some, when you say losing
0: out, him, which one losing
1: Sandstrom, sorry, yeah. because someone will claim him. But I mean, look, there's fans out there that are like, well, after the loss, lose them anyhow, who cares? Well, you do care because there's other situations going on where you might need both of those guys still this season. So. I just, I look at it and I say, right now it solves the problem, but like with this team, it never solves the problem fully.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, you look at what happened with Sandstrom in the game against Winnipeg and you're like, oh, if Urson were there, maybe it would have come out differently uh, based on, you know, Urson having basically an undefeated record. But at the same time, Sandstrom did play well in yeah, I mean, so it is difficult
1: it is difficult ursan couldn't have made his team start like a better team correct like that's, that would have not been in his control so i i don't think it would have mattered because like you said sandstrom kept them in that game like he he made mm-hmm. it possible so yeah i right now ursan is a little better for sure but again the flyers have so many issues like this that just they keep putting a band-aid on it that's all they keep doing
0: yeah well i think this will at least get the team through the all-star break and Mm -hmm. you know maybe reevaluate when that bye week is over and all-star weekend is over if you know circumstances have changed to any degree but um there's you know we're a little past halfway in the season and to ride it out like this and have to make the decision in the off season is not horrible either. You know, it's it's only a few months of games. So. Yeah,
1: you'll see, though. It's, it's easy I know to now, it, it's but. hard.
0: The whole thing is is very difficult. And it is. And that's why I'm not the GM of the flyer. <laughs> but, um, f- so for those two weekend games we watched uh, is really interesting, I think, in these two games, because i think they were both really emblematic of what this team is this season and the identity Mm -hmm. that this team has created and you know that was a huge part of the goals of this season was to create an identity and i think they're starting to get one i really do that this is a team that's going to work really hard um take advantage of opportunities when they can except maybe on the power play sometimes but More at the beginning of games it, yeah but i think that generally it's a team that has tenacity and it's a team that's not going to give up in any games but when they're you know outskilled and and face a team with better speed they're just not going to win and i think that's kind of to be expected
1: well i don't know i i, I look at it and i say you know, this is as as healthy as they've been all year. And if they felt like at the beginning of the year they could compete on some level, then they should feel like they could compete on some level now that they have all these players and they know what they're missing and we don't need to go through the laundry list. So my only issue is I do think uh, the identity is they play harder. I, I agree with that. But they also have an identity of not showing up at beginnings of games they also have an identity of getting lost in their own systems like they did for the first 3 goals of the Winnipeg game just because Winnipeg showed some speed the flyers were lost out there they didn't know where to go on the ice they didn't know how to defend they didn't know they were they couldn't even get set up defensively half the time and that, that's a little worrisome at this point of the year that's I looked at that and I said, you know, that bothers me.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the weaknesses here in terms of adjustments, that they're not a team that's nimble, that can adjust quickly, because they have a very specific defensive structure and instructions on how to play. And sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it isn't when it doesn't they are a little slow to adjust sometimes, where sometimes it takes until the next period or right. um, even the next game. And I think it's you know similar on the offensive side of things, right? Where they sometimes switch up the lines in the third period a little bit to try and get something going, but then go back to the usual lines to start the next game. Like they never carry adjustments into the next game.
1: That's true and and I don't have an answer for that, um but they're still making some of the same mistakes, so I know we have a laundry list of good and bad um one of the things that I think is still bad is I wonder when why you have Tony D'Angelo out late in the game when you're looking to come back. I get that there's this perceived offense, and he is a good passer, but what you he keeps getting victimized on these empty net goals and a lot of them are his fault yeah like they're absolutely his fault and yesterday against Winnipeg same thing so I just I kind of look at that and I'm like why 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 don't you put Ivan Prover off there you know you're going to get a better result at least defensively you're not going to give up that empty netter and maybe the puck stays in your zone and maybe you know you can come back in the game so maybe you can give me an answer for that
0: yeah i do think that if you're gonna have two guys two defensemen out there in that situation uh, versus four forward one d i think that proveroff and cam york are the two guys that should be out there
1: yeah and it just seems simple to me like it just i think it's proven itself out over time i did a little looking um as to how tony d'angelo is doing And this doesn't really count defensively. This is just offense, which is, you know, what he's good at. And he is the 24th best offensive defenseman in the league. And a couple of guys who have played less games, fewer games are right behind him. But he's also 16th most in power play time. So the opportunity is great. And he's still cashing in a little bit, not enough. And so that's why, like, I've done this. Like, I they don't change it. And I don't have an answer for that. So,
0: yeah, you know, the, the empty net situation for the flyers and the empty net situation on the other side of things when they're facing it is, is an interesting point of discussion. And yeah. uh, we will start with that coming up next.
1: Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens cause I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: Russ, uh, we were just talking about these key situations. So, you know, when the Flyers have an empty net against Winnipeg trying to tie it up. And then we also had the end of the Detroit game, uh, you know, where the Flyers were the defensive side of the empty net situation and Uh, You can't help but think that, you know, this is something we've talked about throughout the season. They've had moments where it's worked, obviously, uh, on their end. But um, I think that this is an element of special teams that really is a problem for the Flyers on both sides.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know who your personnel is. At this point in the year, you should know who the right personnel is. And, And they don't seem to know. And and this is the part where I put some blame on John Tortorella, but not a ton because he didn't build the roster. He gets he gets to, to use that excuse this year. Uh, and to his credit, he hasn't much. So but it's also on the other coaches too. Like, you know, I am not giving a pass to the other coaches of the Flyers. It's easy to just say, Well, you know, Rachel, they're not a good team. Well, but these guys are getting paid to at least improve things so you could see a path for next year and I don't see that path yet
0: yeah you know you look at that Detroit game you know Carter Hart playing out of his mind all game, so close to a shutout and then you know the team just kind of turtles in front of him and unfortunately they give up a goal I'm not putting that on Carter Hart at all because he was just under siege for an extended period of time at the end of that game and I, I just that that's a repeated pattern that their ability to clear the puck in those situations just is in no way shape or form consistent and uh, i think that you know they just lose focus when uh, uh, the other team kind of steps it up a notch right yeah and then at the yeah. other end of things, they just aren't able to do that themselves. Like I, I just did not see Winnipeg panicking in any way, shape, or form.
1: No, no, but it's a good good thing to talk about because I remember that one of the things that John Torterell talked about was gonna be protecting Carter Hart. Um uh that's a failure. Like he's his expected goals against looks like it's worst. No, no, not worst. Fourth worst in the league. Uh and this is again usual suspects. Karel Vedmelka, UC Soros, John Gibson, and then him. And usual suspects meaning these are the teams that usually are in this um list.
0: I don't Right. Think that don't have good necessarily good defense, defense in front of the goalie. Right.
1: Correct. And I, I don't think Hart should necessarily be in there. But the way they play, you know, he is there. Um, His save percentage on shots on goal is, you know, just over 90%, 909. Not great. Now, his save percentage on unblocked shots is 949. So there are times where you could see that he is, you know, bucking the, the trend here and doing really well. But, again, the problem is he is in 34 games. Yeah, the numbers are just too high against him. Like just the shots against him are just too high. And
0: I don't think they've done anything to remedy that. And, you know, you look at the situation in Detroit where they give up that goal. You look at the fact that the, you know, even though it was Sandstrom against the Jets, similar situation where, you know, they did such a great job killing the five on three. Um, you know really good pk work and then immediately thereafter let up that fourth goal and yeah. with the and you know you can put uh, some of it on sandstrom for sure it was not a good goal for him but at the same time they couldn't clear the puck either they couldn't like keep that momentum going to clear the puck and and that's the concern here is that you know with a team that is growing you know you do give them a little bit of a pass because you know they're building a system still here but uh, you would have liked to see those sorts of things cleaned up a little better by this point
1: right and and i just i do need to point this out because a lot of what the flyers do um we're seeing with the canucks and so rutherford did talk about now the 23 to 26 year olds that that's what he's looking to get this has become really a talking point in the league it doesn't give you any greater success having guys at that age, having them below that age, having them above that age. It's always gonna be it's about all
0: individual development. And right. different guys are on different timelines. Like but but, you but can't teams now pick an are age.
1: using that. Right, right. But teams are using that now to try and give artificial hope to fan bases. And I think the Flyers are better off than the Canucks, but that's not really saying much, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, it's just not (laughs) They're in a bad way too, but I'm just, I want to point it out that it has become a thing and that's what Chuck Fletcher sort of grabbed onto. And so while you're selling that as your brand, well, I mean, then you should be selling us that all these guys are in all the key spots and doing all those key things, but that's not really the case. Some are like Cam York's doing a fine job. Like Cam York is doing a really good job. Like that's, that is the case but you have other guys that are are they are veterans and they aren't the young guys in those key positions so i here's the big the big overriding question that i have for you and i ask myself do they know at this point in time who they want to take with them for next year and do they know who they absolutely want to try and trade and will it happen and i don't think they're fully on board with those answers and that's I, what's bothering me
0: i don't think so either but i also think that because of the situation that chuck fletcher is in right now that especially for trade deadline i mean he says this all the time and all GMs say this that they'll talk they'll take a phone call on anybody right, right. but at the same time i think that he's got it in his head that he's got to make some big moves or you know clear the deck a little bit in this upcoming off season and so is he going to take advantage of opportunities to clear the deck that maybe are guys that he would want to hold on to anyway and so i just i think that they're just kind of in a weird wait and see mode in terms of making trades and trying to see what the offers are out there before making those decisions i don't think it's necessarily that from a hockey perspective that they don't know who they would want to take but i think from an overall management roster situation that they're not quite there yet
1: okay i mean the one thing and this at least is i'd to like me, to hope that let's no say. no i think i think your thinking is sound and and i would think and i think you're 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 mostly right too i just think the part that seems broken to me is because you know what your team is and you know you're not a playoff team and you've had this chance to see who you like, who you don't like in the system, you should be trading from a position of strength knowing that, hey, we know we can get rid of these guys, it's not going to matter, or whatever, and I still don't get that feeling.
0: Yeah, I think there's there's something to that. Um, again, I, I think that the trade deadline is going to be very indicative of what happens here and if they start making deals well before the trade line, trade deadline. Like if they're gonna wait until the last possible minute, to me, that's more desperation mode than than planning mode. That if you really know what you want and where you're going and who you're willing to part with, you can do that sooner and get ahead of the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, if there are teams that want to do it sooner, there's no reason. There's nothing holding the Flyers back. There's
0: just not. No, I don't think so either. But, yeah, I think, you know, this weekend against Detroit and Winnipeg were definitely um, eye-opening, I think, in terms of figuring out where this team is right now and and starts to show us where they might be looking in the future um i I think that it's a really interesting time for the flyers and i certainly hope that the team is heading in the right direction um we are going to switch gears and talk about our nemesis of the week there might have been some hints to it in our discussion thus far but uh in the meantime we will be getting to that next Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are in full swing. Go Birds! We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. If you're a new customer, join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. That's all one. Word. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets at a bigger chance for a big payout with same game parlay. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So, Eagles fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel official sportsbook partner of the nfl all right russ uh, we are getting to our nemesis of the week as we do each and every monday on this show and if you're newer to locked on flyers what we do on mondays is look at the week ahead and say who is getting our goat, who is annoying us, or who will be annoying us this week for the Flyers. And last week we talked about the goaltending situation and when do we get rest for Carter Hart, given their seemingly lack of willingness to play the backup. Uh, We saw what they did over this weekend, splitting between Sandstrom and Hart. Although, like we said, it was kind of flipped from what we expected. Yeah. Um, for me, I have two nemesis this week, uh, the first of which Flyers related, pushing through this week until the bye week and the all star break, uh, which is coming up next week, we got to get through the Kings, the Wild and another game in Winnipeg against this Jets team that we just faced. So it, it's a bit uh, of a brutal week ahead for this team.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what my nemesis is. I get that the Flyers want to, you know, instill a culture, and I think they're doing that. But right now, they're the 10th worst team in the league. And Buffalo and St. Louis are, are just ahead of them. You don't want to pass, like, the second team there because then you're out of the Conor Bedard chances. You you have no chance at Conor Bedard. And I just think it would be a horrible season if the Flyers were just good enough that you say, well, I still have questions about next year and sure they play hard and have no chance at counter Berdard. I just think I don't see where there's an intersection where both of those meet and you could be happy. I just I think they need to stay right around that mark and to have, you know, a theoretical lottery percentage chance. That's so my nemesis is is that, you know, John Twitterello doesn't care about that and might let that slip away. And if it does, he's not gonna care.
0: Well, I think part of it, too, is there's some other teams that are slipping that maybe we wouldn't have expected to. And so the Flyers are kind of moving uh, up or down in the rankings, depending <laughs> on your perspective
1: right. on
0: on what that means. But, uh, you know, in terms of, of that, I think that, uh, yeah, it, it's not really anything of the Flyers doing. It's like other teams that are kind of not doing as well recently. We'll, we'll see if it levels out as the rest of the season progresses. but. Um, you know, I, I, don't think the flyers are doing anything different right now. They've won obviously a few more games in the last stretch than they have before, but I, I think it it's averaged out so far okay. to where we thought they might be. I think overall, we'll see. Uh, my second nemesis of the week, which, uh, we hinted at was the Canucks and Bruce Boudreaux, man. Yeah. I just what happened with him is just awful. And like Bruce Boudreaux is a legend in this game. And you know, just overall is has been such a good coach. And I just the way that this happened to him and the fact that they, you know, said, Oh, we didn't decide until today. And, you know, Rick Tockett was just, you know, wasn't hired until that morning. Like and they put the press release announcement out like while Bruce Boudreaux was meeting with the team. Supposedly, it was just awful. The whole thing was awful. And I, you know. Organizations treating people like that, I guess, is the, the nemesis here.
1: You know, the flip side's going to be, well, he's getting paid over $4 million and, you know, he can put up with that. And At you know. this
0: point, does Bruce Boudreaux, like, I mean, I'm sure he cares about the money, but at the same time, you know, this is the love. Coaching hockey is the love of his life.
1: Right. He doesn't live that high on the hog. He really doesn't. You could tell. And yeah. no, I, again, look, Rick Tockett might do a fine job there. But good luck getting a coach that cares that much. I mean, he was crying on the bench, just yep. about crying. Uh, you know, he's going to be on Sirius XM today talking about it. It's going to be gut-wrenching. I just, I again, you know, when you talk to him off camera and before you have him on a show and then you have him on, he will talk about anything. Like, he doesn't care. He just loves the game, promotes the game, promotes the players. It's hard to find a guy like that. And... This was definitely uh planned out because apparently there's a contract that Rick Cocket couldn't break, and you had he had to give a certain amount of weeks' notice and like Bruce Bujo said, like I think it was just two three days ago, I'm not stupid, I know what's going on, you know, so he you know he knew, and the fans knew, and it was nice what the you know Canuck fans did for him, and it's just a horrible situation I know and it would only happen to the Canucks honestly. <laughs>
0: it's so upsetting like i you know flyers fans have a lot to burden but canucks fans man
1: like yeah
0: it's it's a lot it is a lot all right uh wrapping up with a flyers fun thing we haven't had a chance to do one in a while and i just want to wish uh everybody who celebrates a happy lunar new year and uh, the flyers uh put a post out for it with, uh, you know, a recognition that at least on the Chinese calendar, it's the year of the rabbit. And uh, so hopefully that means things are going to be hopping this year. Oh, boy, that was terrible. All right. I apologize. That was a bad, bad, bad joke there. Wow. All right. Well, hate to end it on a note like that, but we're going to. <laughs> and we'll be back uh, tomorrow we are going to talk flyers versus la kings and we'll have our weekly phantoms check in they had a winning weekend so i'm very excited to talk about that as a reminder we always want to hear from you so if you got questions you can tweet us at lockdown flyers email us at lockdown flyers at gmail post over on youtube as well I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: Have a great day, everyone.